Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. For those who do not know, this is a podcast I do here in two different forms. First of all, it is available in a video visual form here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey channels. Secondly, it is available as an audio-only form like an actual podcast, so you can take it around and listen to it wherever the hell you want to. Simply look up Mod Chat, all one word, on your favorite podcasting app, host, provider, or platform, and you should hopefully be able to find it. I know it's not available on all of them, but it is available on most of them. Either way, when it comes to Mod Chat, this here is a podcast I try and do at least monthly, in which I cover different topics in the world of modding, video game console modding, video game modding in general, things I find cool, interesting, sometimes some news, even though this is not necessarily a news show, and sometimes there is a little bit of show and tell, and I'm going to tell you all this as well too. If you're listening to the audio-only version of this episode, my apologies but this is going to be more of a show and tell heavy episode so just keep that in mind however when it comes down to it we take a look at different topics things that seem to be interesting and new in the world of modding with lily usually sleeping there in the corner and we get stuff done and it works out pretty well so for this episode here, we're really only going to be covering a couple of topics, but they are some bigger topics that I really wanted to delve into. One of them is going to be much bigger. The other one is pretty short and sweet, and then there's going to be a fun one here that we can discuss. However, I guess without further ado, let's just go ahead and get right into the topics. So for our first piece of news here, and really the star of the show is Endgame. And I have covered something Endgame specific before when I really covered Mechapone for the PlayStation 2, in which I kind of questioned and asked, like, is it kind of the Endgame for PlayStation 2? Well, we quite literally have Endgame for the original Xbox here, which as it says on the GitHub page, is a dashboard exploit for the original Xbox. Now, giving this a bit of an overview, it's states here from the GitHub repository, Endgame is a universal dashboard exploit for the original Microsoft Xbox. This exploit has been carefully engineered to be compatible across all retail kernel and dashboard versions released for the original Xbox. It does not require a game or even a working DVD drive, only a memory card, which that is big right there. Special credit belongs to Shutterbug2000 for the initial discovery of this vector within the dash and the first to demonstrate code execution against it. With further research, Endgame was developed by, I'm going to try this name out here, Gossi Dellen, leveraging an adjacent vulnerability that offered greater control and facilitated a more ubiquitous exploitation strategy. Now, it is worth noting here with the disclaimer that this does not include any copyrighted code or help to circumvent security mechanisms mechanisms of the Xbox console, and upon success, Endgame will launch a Habibi-signed XPE from the root of the memory card. It does not patch kernel code or allow you to launch retail-signed executables. So it gives some instructions on building this if you want to build it out from scratch, which I'm not going to be covering here, because there is a pre-built version of the exploit and a sample payload XPE, which is available. But really the usage here, you have two folders, which is a helper folder, a trigger folder, and then this payload.xpe. And really what you're supposed to do is, as you can see right here, you have your memory unit, whatever you're going to use, which has the end game exploit loaded on there. You then have to navigate to it from the dashboard. It ends up crashing in a way where we do want it to crash. It should begin to cycle the front LED that you can see right here in the GIF. And then it launches whatever the payload.xpe is right there. And it says this payload.xpe can be any Habibi signed XPE of your choosing. So that's really how it works. Now, for some frequently asked questions on this, they're asking, is this a soft mod? 
No, by itself, Endgame is not a soft mod, but it will make soft modding significantly more accessible as the community integrates it into existing soft mod solutions. Some people might ask what is new about this exploit, and the answer is this exploit will enable people to soft mod any revision of the original Xbox without needing a specific game. And that's the big one there, because without getting too ahead of ourselves, Endgame is a entry point, much like on any of the exploit games such as Mech Assault, Splinter Cell, Agent Under Fire, Frogger, those are all entry points in which you need to use a modified save and use the game as a exploit tool and really a entry point in order to access homebrew on the system itself and run unsigned code. So before you needed a game as an entry point, now you really just need a memory unit as the entry point. Continuing on though, it will also allow people to easily launch a homebrew XBE such as the Insignia Setup Assistant or content scanning tools by simply inserting a memory card into an unmodded Xbox. And these are really big right there, not only for setting up Insignia, but I do know there is a lot going on in the world of looking for old unarchived content on the original Xbox. So that would be really big if you can do this without having to take apart the system, modify it in any other way. You literally just have your program on a memory unit and you can pop it into a bunch of Xboxes. Now, since this keeps mentioning memory card, people might ask, I don't have a memory card, can I use something else? And the answer is yes, any FATX formatted compatible USD USB device and controller port dongle should work. Some people might be getting an Air 21 after placing their own XBE, and they say that the XBE must be signed using the Habibi key. Several tools can do this, XBE dump being the most popular. Now another thing to note is if the executable requires multiple files and external assets to run, they're questioning will it work with endgame, and unfortunately it says no. Currently endgame is only structured to copy and execute a standalone XBE, so that might cause some issues in regards to any other homebrew that has external assets. If it's not all packed into a single executable, then there's going to be some limitations there. And finally, how does this exploit work? Answer, the exploit triggers an integer overflow in the dashboard's handling of save game images. When the dash attempts to parse these specifically crafted images on the memory card, endgame obtains arbitrary code execution. And that's really big, and that's how we're able to, well, neon it up right there, as you all can see. So this is really awesome to see here, and we do have some things that we can play around with. First of all, you can go over to the releases section here, and you can download the in-game version 1 zip, which at the time of recording this is the latest one available. Now we've looked at in-game here, and it looks really neat, and this is awesome to see, and some people might be wondering, okay, what is the big deal about this? Well, this is the part of mod chat where sometimes we have a little bit of show and tell, and I figured it would be fun to do, well, a little bit of show and tell. Now to get started here, if you're going to be following along at home, there's going to be a couple of things we're going to need, depending on which route that you're going to be taking and I'll go ahead and show that to you. Now I do want to disclose and say there might be people that say hey you can do this and you can use this adapter and you can use this and do this other thing. I'm really just going to be covering the two most common options I would see out there and if you want to get more creative with it totally up to you. However there's two main options that I'm seeing here and one of them being well a USB drive like this. Now you're going to want to get a small and dumb USB drive. This here is a cheap swivel USB drive and this is 520 12 megabytes, not gigabytes, 512 megabytes, as in half of one gigabyte. It is small, and that's what you're going to want to go with for the original Xbox. It is very picky when it comes to USB drives, and really the older and the smaller and the dumber USB drive you can go with, the better your chances are going to be. If you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm just going to load up a four gigabyte USB drive, an eight gigabyte USB drive, a 32 gig USB drive, no. 
No, way too big. You need to set your sights lower and lower. For me, in my experiences, I've had luck with these ones, of course, these kind of swivel 512 megabyte USB drives. I've used like smaller, like 32 meg, 64 meg USB drives that I've had sitting around. The highest I've ever gone has been two gigabytes. Ironically, I actually had a Sony USB drive back in the day that was two gigabytes and it worked just fine for the original Xbox. Unfortunately, I don't have it anymore. I'm not sure where it's at, but that's really what you're going to be aiming towards. So when you're looking these up online, I'm not kidding. Look for smaller and smaller USB drives. If you're going to be getting something like two gigabytes, four gigabytes, that's going to be too big for the original Xbox. So something dumb and small like this. Again, these black swivel ones have done me pretty well. Next, you're going to need a way of getting that USB drive adapted to the original Xbox, which you can use, well, an original Xbox to female USB adapter. That way you plug this into one of the controller ports on the original Xbox, and then you take a USB drive, you plug it into the adapter like this, and then at that point you can just plug it into the system and you have access. So this is probably going to be the most modern and common way that people are going to try and modify their Xbox and run things on it if you have a stock system. The second option, which they have said memory card and memory unit several times, is, well, getting an actual memory unit for the original Xbox. Now, do I recommend this? Not necessarily. Not only this is going to be proprietary and there's not going to be an easy way of connecting this to PC, and that's what I'm talking about. There is going to be some people who probably say, oh, you can just build an adapter and do this and adapt it to the PC. We're not going to be doing it. We're trying to keep it simple and pretty common right here. Also, this is only eight megabytes in size, so you're really not working with that much here. But that's going to be more than what we need for this intended purpose. So for this, you are going to need a memory unit. But you might be wondering, how do you get the modified files from an online source on your computer onto the memory unit itself? that's where you're going to need another Xbox. So what I'm saying is if you only have one Xbox and it's stock, you're probably going to go with the USB drive and USB adapter method. However, let's say you have another Xbox on hand such as this one, which has already been modified. This one has a hard mod running on it. Depending on what you have, it doesn't matter if it's a hard mod or a soft mod, you just need an already modified Xbox, a controller, and a memory unit. From there, you can pop your memory unit into the controller and then you can connect your console to your network and download the files that are needed and then FTP them onto the memory unit itself, therefore essentially using the Xbox as a bridge of sorts or a pass-through entity. There's not really an incorrect way of doing it here as long as you have a way of getting your storage working on the original Xbox and a way of getting files onto that storage. I'm going to show you both methods though. Now as you can see, I have the original Xbox fired up here. I am running the latest dashboard and this is a 1.6 system right here, 1.6 motherboard. However, I'm going to be using this with the USB drive option. So what I'm going to do is I already have a 512 megabyte USB drive plugged into an adapter. I'm just going to plug it into controller port two. And if we wait a bit here, not sure if anything will happen, but I can try and go to memory and there we go. This is what should happen. This means that this memory unit is working on the original Xbox. As you can see, it shows the memory unit you inserted isn't working. It has been erased. So. Everything is going to be formatted if it is working, but if you get this message, that means the drive you have connected has been formatted for the original Xbox and it is working because we can go down to controller two and as you can see, it is showing our proper memory unit. So that is working just fine. 
I'm going to go ahead and unplug this here. And with that formatted, we can now back out to the dashboard itself. And let's go ahead, unplug the USB drive and go over to our computer to work on the rest of this. So if you're over at the computer, I'm going to have links down below in the description for this. Again, if you want to follow along, but the recommended option these days in 2024 and beyond is going to be Fat Explorer. Not specifically Fat Explorer, but the Fat Explorer beta, the latest version. It is pretty readily updated. It is free and you're going to need this here. So it would be recommended to give this a read, but you're also going to need to download the latest .NET desktop runtime, which is going to be linked here. Since I have a 64-bit operating system here, you'll need to download the 64-bit version, and you'll also need to download the 64-bit Fat Explorer. Again, if you're running 32-bit, get the 32-bit versions right here. And of course, we're going to be running Endgame itself. So on the Endgame exploit page, we can just go to releases and then download the zip file somewhere we can find it. All right, so here's our three downloads we need. The first one is going to be that desktop runtime. So we can go ahead, double click this. I'm going to install it. And I believe I already have this here, but I'm just going to download and install the latest version because I have been able to run Fat Explorer just fine before. Once that's done, we can click on close. And let's go ahead and grab Fat Explorer. For this, it comes in a zip archive, so we can just right click and extract this out wherever you can. It should extract into its own folder. And inside the folder, you should get a nice mess of files and folders here. But the one we want to focus on is going to be Fat Explorer executable. Double click that say yes if you get this message and here we go it looks a little something like this now i actually have a driver update available so i'm going to do that here let's go ahead and get that updated and you know okay i guess i'm gonna have to restart for now all right so one restart later we should hopefully be good so i'll go over to fat explorer and inside of here open up the fat explorer executable again we can minimize that and here we go we have the driver installed so that is exactly what we're going to need now let's go ahead and get the USB drive plugged in. So if you haven't already, go ahead, plug in your USB drive for the original Xbox. Now mine is showing up like this as drive H. And if you get a notification on your computer asking you to format this, do not format it. It's not going to be any type of standard file format on your system itself. Uh, that's going to be just fine. But if it asks you to format, do not format the USB drive. However, once that's minimized, we can go to devices. Let's go ahead, refresh. It's going to scan, and let's see, there we go, original Xbox memory unit. So we can click on this, and make sure read only is off, and click on load device. We have the data partition here, that's really all we need, and we can mount it to whatever drive we want to. So, I mean, X is fine, let's just mount it to X. Now it is mentioning here that this is a paid feature, and since this is a fresh install on my side here, I've actually bought a license for it before, so I can go ahead, pop it in. However, even if you don't want to pay for it right now, you can use this free trial for seven days. So let's go ahead and just do that. We can do start trial, hit okay. And right here, boom, we have this showing up. So if we go back, we now have the drive mounted and that's exactly what we need. From here, it should be easy enough to set this all up. We can finally grab this end game zip file and instead of copying it over, we're going to right click it and we're just going to extract it itself. So extract out the archive itself right here. Now once you have Endgame extracted, you can go into the folder and you should have a helper folder, a trigger folder, and a payload.xbe. All you need to do is highlight these three files and folders, right click, copy, exit out of this, and now in the root of your USB drive, you can double check this by coming out to this PC and just go to the USB drive itself right here, double click this, right click, and paste. 
and that is all you need to do. It should look exactly like that. Now, do keep in mind here that this is essentially going to carve out the USB drive, and any other saves you might have on here are not going to be accessible without triggering this. So if you have any saves that you care about, might want to get them off this USB drive. However, if you do want to have it usable for other things, you're going to have to either delete these later on or reformat it, whatever you want to do. But either way, that has been set up. That is literally all we need. So we can now come out of here, minimize this, go over to Fat Explorer, go to Devices, USB Disk Drive, Unmount. At that point, we can refresh that, although that should be fine. But we can come over to this PC, find our USB drive, which is drive letter H for me, right click and eject. And that's all we need to do. Now, some people who already have access to an original Xbox and an actual memory unit might be interested in wondering how to transfer this over. And you can do that pretty simply with FTP. You will need to hook up your Xbox to your network. But on here, as you can see, I'm using a modified Xbox. I can scroll down to my file explorer, which will be system, file explorer. And I already have a memory unit plugged into my controller. So if I go to File Explorer, as you can see, it is drive letter H, and it is showing up as about 8 megabytes free because there's nothing on here. So once you have that shown on here, mine is H, go ahead, keep that in mind, X out of here, note down your IP address, and we're going to sign into that on our computer. You can use whatever FTP client you want to, but make sure you're using the FTP protocol with no encryption. Enter in your host name, and then for the username, that will be Xbox, and password is going to be the exact same thing. You can then log in, and if it's successful, as you can see, it should show all of those same folders or drives or shares right here on the right. Now, over on the left side, you're going to need to navigate over to where your end game has been extracted, and you should see the helper, trigger, and payload executable. Make sure that's on the left. On the right, go to your drive letter, which has your memory unit, and then highlight the two folders and the file. Right-click, upload, hit OK. And it should only take a few seconds, but as you can see, it's now transferring over what we need to. And at this point, our memory unit has been set up. Now again, do keep in mind here that this memory unit is essentially carved out for the end game exploit. So this will always launch the end game exploit here if you are using this on a stock console or just you're doing it through the stock dashboard. If you ever want to get rid of that, you can use the Xbox itself or FTP, but you can go into the file explorer, go over to wherever the drive is. So as you can see, it's still drive H. And then you just go in and delete the file and folders right here to then free up your memory unit. But that is how you can set it up on your memory unit if you don't want to use a USB drive. So once you're on the dashboard itself, navigate up to memory and tap the A button. And there's not anything connected right now, but you can either use your modified USB drive or memory unit. For this, I'm going to use my memory unit, so I'm going to pop it in. It does show up as controller 1. Now to trigger this, all you need to do is highlight the memory unit or USB drive, tap the A button, and it should lock up like this. Now let's just go ahead and wait and see what happens. My LED is flashing on my original Xbox. I've cut to a black screen here. And I think here this is just a resolution change that got caught on my capture card. However, it looks like this is what I'm getting with warning, settings invalid, reset to default, no item selected, no item selected. But you can see here, even though I'm not able to do too much on this, I am now able to launch third-party unsigned code, 
while Habibi signed code, I guess you can see, on the original Xbox, which is really cool to see. Now, people might be wanting a little more, they might be disappointed by this and saying, okay, we did all of that and this is all we're getting, we're getting a whole lot of nothing. Well, let's make it a little more usable. We're actually going to do this here with the Insignia Setup Assistant, which to my knowledge here, this is the first piece of software out there that is usable here using the in-game exploit. So for this, we're going to just go through the releases page and download the stock.zip somewhere we can easily find it. It has just been updated for this. So if anybody is wondering, well, wait a minute, I set up Insignia on my stock Xbox, it was different. Yeah, you no longer need an exploit game, you just need the stock.zip. This time around, I've downloaded stock.zip, so I'm going to right click this and I'm actually just going to extract it into its own folder. So we have this here. And this is exactly how it looks, as you can see, helper, trigger, and payload.xbe. So with this, I'm going to go through the same process. I have my USB drive this time around I'm going to use, but we'll go into Fat Explorer. Here we go. Go ahead, open up Fat Explorer yet again. I'm now going to go to Devices. Here my memory unit pops up. Load Device. Data Partition X is just fine. Continue Trial. And here we go, this is the old payload that was set up. So I'm just going to highlight everything, delete it. Now I'm going to go into stock. This is for the setup assistant, copy it out. And we're going to paste it to the root of the USB drive. Once that's done, I'm going to minimize that. Devices, tap this, unmount, close out of here. Now go back over right click, eject the USB drive itself, and let's try that in the Xbox. All right, so we're back at the dashboard this time around. I'm going to use my setup on the USB drive, but I'll go over to memory. I already have it plugged in, so I'll go down here. This is again my USB drive that's been plugged in, so I can tap the A button on this. It is crashing while freezing here. Let's just give it a bit of time. And it has gone to a black screen and my LED is going crazy, and there we go. Take a look at that. We were able to, there was no cuts there, that was all in real time, but we were able to set up the Insignia Setup Assistant. Now that was really exciting to see. There was kind of a dummy application that we were able to run, just a proof of concept, and we were also able to actually make use of it with the Insignia Setup Assistant. And some people might be wondering here, okay, what other uses are going to be available? And the big one here that we're really all looking at is a soft mod method. Because at this point here, you no longer need to open up your console you don't need to pop in a new hard drive you don't need to hot swap a hard drive you don't need to use a exploit game in any way in fact you don't need any games at all you could see it was that simple you just need a memory unit or a USB drive with the files on there. And as long as the Xbox is working and is able to detect that storage, it can launch endgame. You no longer need any exploit games. In fact, this is great because there's a lot of systems out there that do not have working DVD drives anymore, and they are owned by people who either might not care to fix them or just don't want to use discs on their system. So for them, that's even easier. Again, as long as your controller ports are working, you're able to launch Endgame, which is fantastic to see. At this point, while I'm recording this, there has not been any updates to the softmod tools that are out there. But again, I have no doubt that the softmod applications that are out there, mainly the Rocky 5 softmod, which is really the only softmod that you need for the Xbox at this point, I have no doubt that's going to be updated to support this because 
Endgame is just too good to not use. At this point now, there's really no reason to not use Endgame. I can't think of a single reason why somebody would say using an exploit title, an exploit disc like this would be better when we have Endgame around. Unless you have a very specific used case for launching something like SID 5, something like that. Either way, this has been a really awesome, really cool development in the world of the original Xbox that makes me incredibly happy to see. It's incredibly awesome, it's stable, it's usable, it's easy to set up, and I think it's going to open the doors for not only more development on the system, but also more people to gain access to that entry point on the console itself. So. Phenomenal to see. This next piece of news to me was pretty big and this was exciting, but we can keep this here pretty short and sweet. This is from The Flow, who has been known for so many modifications and exploits coming from the PSP to the PlayStation Vita to, of course, the PlayStation 4. However, he ended up announcing this right here on February 19th, showing after more than a month of hard work, PPSSPP is running natively on PlayStation Portal. Yes, we hacked it, with help from XYZ and Zeta 2. He's also said there's no release planned in the near future, and there's much more work to be done. Wow, this is my most liked tweet by far, didn't expect such a reaction. We may demonstrate some videos this weekend, which would be cool to see. However, another thing to note right here is somebody ended up asking, wonder how much onboard storage it has. I wouldn't imagine much. And the flow ended up replying saying slash SD card is six gigabytes. Now to be clear, this is essentially Android. So even though it says SD card, there's not an actual SD card in there. That's just really what the mount is showing. But yeah, there's only about six gigabytes of onboard storage on here. But you can see this here is the PlayStation portal, which in case you don't know is the fake, I guess you can say fake, a uh, new portable system from Sony, which is the Wi-Fi streaming device exclusively for the PlayStation 5. Now, this has been really exciting to see, uh, just because in my opinion here, this truly makes this device usable. Uh, I've actually had some people, this just personal aside here, some people have reached out to me and they've asked, are you going to pick one up? Have you been interested in it? And my quick thing was no. When I saw that there was no way you can run anything natively on this, and especially when I saw reviews coming out that were showing that even the intended thing it does, which is to stream PS5 to the PlayStation Portal over Wi-Fi, it does it poorly. I was like, there is no use for this until it gets hacked up and modified. And apparently it's really just a little Android tablet with, as you can see, a PS5 controller split in half and then glued on both sides. That's not exactly what happened, but you can see this is pretty clear what it looks like. So even looking at this, I'm just... I'm just dumbfounded that this is an official device, but this is still really exciting and an awesome announcement to see. Just because, hey, this here, this alone, can make this device usable. Like, once a release for this comes out, I have no issue buying up a PlayStation Portal, but until then, I'm not going to be picking one up. Oh, and for anybody who might be wondering here, in case you don't know, or maybe you're just listening to the audio-only version of this, PPSSPP is a PSP emulator, and on screen here is the very beginning of Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories, running natively here, well, I guess here being emulated on a native PSP emulator on the PlayStation Portal. Now, I've only covered two topics here, and that was to be intended. They were two big topics that I found interesting. One of them was show and tell. One of them was pretty short and sweet. But at the end of these episodes, I like to cover something that is neat, interesting, cool, funny, uh, just maybe tangentially related or even directly related to modding here. And this also got some attention here on Twitter. This is from Demon 
Mikey D, and they said, Ladies and gentlemen, today we've made modding history. The Limp Biscuit mod for Fallout New Vegas has been found and restored. Huge shout out to Usagi Cola for archiving the files. Link to the Google Doc down below. And there is a Google Drive link, so you can download that. And this should be playable on PC. But there's a 26-second video we can check out of this mod that I guess I didn't know about this. The only thing I can assume is that this mod was lost to time and it was discovered recently or rediscovered recently. Uh, so let's go ahead and give this a spin here. So coming up here to the general store and there's Fred Durst. <laughs> okay, okay, this is this is pretty great. <laughs> this this might be worth uh, playing through, giving a playthrough of New Vegas on. And for the most important part of this news here, for anybody who might be wondering, well, wait a minute, what does Fred Durst think? What does Limp Bizkit think? Uh, well, we can go back one, and uh, Fred Durst himself ended up seeing this and quote tweeted it and just said, nice. So it does have the man's approval. All right, so we're at the very end of this episode of Mod Chat. If you've made it to the end here, first of all, thank you very much for listening and watching. And secondly, if you haven't made it here before, I like to usually pick a keyword or a key phrase. So I'll know that when you leave a comment on the video upload that you've made it to the end. Now, typically I like to pick something that is on my desk and I've been holding onto this memory unit, just kind of using it as a little bit of a fidget toy. Cause it's been a while since I've held onto an Xbox memory unit. And these are hardy little things. However, I didn't want to use anything a little too obvious for this, so you know what? With something that is just unique enough that's probably not used in our day-to-day -day language, uh, how about this? You can you can see it here. You can see how this uh, this drive swivels. Look at that. Look at that. How about swivel? Do you have a swivel USB drive like this? Do you like swivel drives like this? Do you swivel around in your chair? Is swiveling an option for you? Let me know if you use the word swivel in your comment on the video upload. I'll know that you made it to the end of this episode. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. If you enjoyed it, a like would absolutely be appreciated. And if you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well too. But as I always say, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching everyone. And until next time.